Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever you are in the world. Um, we can be found over at pathtozion.com or, of course, here on our YouTube channel. And you can subscribe and like and, and all those things. Send us an email if you would like to reach out personally and directly at pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. Um, today, we're just going to talk for a few minutes, somewhat topically. Um, before I do that, I do want to let you know there, there are a couple studies that are just kind of being tied up some loose ends towards that should be online in the next several days. Um, I just need to finish them up and get them recorded. Um, and one of them is is still building upon Passover. <clears throat> um, it's basically going to be a, a, towards the topic of being freed unto slavery. Um, <laughs> it, it, it will not be a popular message, but if we use the, the entire word, we see a biblical pattern that, that, of course, we highlighted when we talked about the Passover series and we talk about in many differing ways here on the program with great regularity is what, asking the question, why have we been set free? Why are we free now in, in Messiah? Um, unto what? Uh, um, and so it, it begs the question, if we only allow the Word, the Bible itself, to... To answer that question, it sounds a little bit different than um, the belief system that most of us have inherited in Christianity. So we're going to be talking about that. It's got about 20 or so verse references in it um, to try to establish a biblical pattern. <clears throat> now, today I, did not, I didn't in, intend to record this. What I'm going to read here in just a mere uh, few moments is something that I wrote several days ago um, that made it on my blog. Yeah, a blog. Um, I did that for years. Um, I don't know, 15 years ago, I think I started it, and it's had many different hiatus seasons. Um, but every once in a while, I'll, I'll write some content and throw it over there. Um, and I wrote this piece that, that you see in the title now, um, just a few days ago, um, that I titled Breaking the Cycle. And what I want to do is primarily just read it, and we may do a little bit of commentary towards it as well, if time allows. But what I want to talk about was basically stirred in me um, today to present it here on the, in the, on the video program, um, again, because it was written days ago, but I came across this, this online article um, by a very popular ministry, um, you know, group of, of people who do Bible teaching, very well known, thousands of people follow them regularly. You would know exactly who it is, but they had a piece recently that was um, examining the book of Leviticus, and you know, kind of the the challenges of, of, of reading through and properly uh, understanding the book of Leviticus. And so, in all honesty, I did not read the article. I have no idea what the article said. Um, I didn't have time to read it. I've got too many other things I'm doing right now, study-wise. I didn't have time to engage with that in its entirety. But I was very, con I was very concerned about needing to know. I, I, want, I just wonder... I wonder what the people are saying in the comments. It had hundreds and hundreds. I want to say like 500 comments. And so I'm like, I want to see what people are saying about the book of Leviticus. Um, because this is just a, a Christian, uh, mainstream Christian um, organization. And so I wanted to see what, what people who follow that um, ministry would, would be saying about the, the presentation of whatever they said in Leviticus. 
Um, and I got a real quick gist of it um, right away. Now, this does not necessarily mean that that's what the article is about. I don't know. The article could be wonderful. I don't know. I'm not judging it at all. I can't. I didn't read it. But the comments, <clears throat> you know, a lot of time comment threads, <laughs> um, they don't really have much to do with the original content. Um, they just become their own beast many times. And, and friends, what I read troubled me so much. I'm just, I'm continuing to further this, this call that I just feel in my innermost places to help any, any Christian believer who's willing. And there are many, many willing, and there are many more who are not. But just to step back and sit down and say, friend, I think we've misunderstood a lot of things. I think we've not known God. I don't think we know him. Because, friends, if when I read the comments, dozens and dozens as I'm scrolling through them, it was, it was strong things, friend, from, from people quoting the New Testament, quoting the apostles, quoting Paul, and saying things as bold as, we should not even read the book of Leviticus now. That wasn't for us. God was, was an angry God then. And he laid down his anger towards humanity and, and set aside a sacrificial system and a law that no man could ever keep. And he became Jesus so that we can know him now. And friend, this has got to be addressed. I don't care if we do it all the time here. We're going to continue to do it because people have got to know. They've got to hear a a. a They've got to confront what we're saying as a people who claim to know the God of the Bible. We are saying in Christianity, in majority Christianity doctrine, that somehow the first half of the book is a different God. He's a different Elohim now than he was then because he became Jesus. And now Jesus just wants us all to love him and love one another. And friends, this is such dangerous doctrine because the entirety of the Bible from beginning to end is the capital G gospel account of Yahweh through a covenant beckoning men to know him. But you must know him according to his ways. And we learn his ways through the Torah and the prophets because that's how Yeshua learned them. That's how the apostles learned them. That's how the disciples learned them. That's how the Acts Church learned them. That's how the Bereans learned them. That's how, you know what I'm saying? And here we are now in 2023, and people are literally saying, with an absolute clear conscience, because that's how far out we are now, that books like Leviticus are dangerous reading, because God was so angry. And he was so frustrated. I'm almost quoting. He was, I don't have time to, I don't do that here, to just read through what people are saying and then, you know, making an hour-long dialogue about how wrong people are. That's not my point. My point is we're divorcing ourselves from the Torah and the prophets. We are establishing a cornerstone religion that was meant to set upon a foundation, and we have destroyed the foundation. And now we're trying to build a house for Yahweh to dwell in upon a single cornerstone, and there's no foundation anymore. And so we're going to continue to bring that up and highlight it, and that is leading me into this, this piece that I wrote the other day that I just want to read. 
And again, it's titled Breaking the Cycle. And I might jump off of the page and comment a little bit as we go. But friend, please hear my heart. My heart is breaking towards the the boldness of the New Testament church, this, this apostolic new religion church that is entirely void and continually divorcing itself further and further from the Torah and the prophets. So much so now that people are, are, are confidently saying that if you're going to read the Old Testament, you need to be careful. You need to be careful if you're going to read the Old Testament because you're going to fall into a doctrine of belief that's all about legalism. And you're going to, you're going to get to a place where you don't even need Jesus anymore. Man, there's this fear upon it. And we, this addresses that point in, in, in a minor, minor level. So let's go ahead. I'm just going to start reading it. Breaking the cycle. All of humanity has inherited a cultural belief system that has been convinced that in order for something to be true, you must somehow be able to fully understand it within mere minutes. Opposing views and vantage points must be introduced in only minutes-long presentations, or else people simply won't even consider it. They won't even entertain the idea. It's almost like we are a a contestant on a a variety show, and we have a a three-minute slot to present our best case, our best act, and if we don't, if we're not sold, then uh, hit the buzzer next. And friends, that is what has become of, of religious belief systems. Christianity is, is no exception. We would deliver a consideration of thought towards a matter, towards what the gospel is, towards what, what the body of Messiah, who, who, who she even is, okay? And like, well, brother, I, I already have um, everything set in stone and concrete uh, towards this matter. I already understand that. So, look, I'll give you a minute or two. But if you can't quote and quote and quote and quote and quote and quote and solidify a, a very clear and direct position that I agree with in just a few minutes, then, friends, we got nothing else to talk about. You must be able to understand it in mere minutes or, well, I don't want to talk about that. Well, have you heard about this? You know, have you heard, have you ever had anybody talk to you about how the sacrificial system will will return in an age that's yet before us, post-Yeshua, post-Messiah? I don't know anything about that, and I don't want to talk about it. Okay. And literally, that's it. And so, we have inherited a, a, a new religion belief system that has been convinced that for something to be true... You've got to understand it right away, right away. Or, I don't know how I feel about that. That threatens my current belief system. It would do us well to move out of that. Now, I would propose that this has caused all of humanity, not just religions, not just Christianity, but all of humanity to remain shallow. We have inherited a culture here in 2023 where we avoid deep dialogue. And this has resulted in the altering of the gospel itself in the Christian church. It's been simplified, as we will, we will talk about. But what if beliefs take a lifetime to study, to discern, to rightly understand, and to begin to apply to real life? And guess what? And then a year later, you study that topic again, especially in the feast cycle, and you shift this 
over here. You you add to your understanding. You remove some of your understanding because it proved to be error. It needed changed, altered. It's called maturity. It's simple, but it's very offensive in this hour to consider that we are, in fact, um, uh, holders, keepers of false doctrines. The only reality is we just don't know it yet. It is yet to be revealed as we study to show ourselves approved and ask Father to search our hearts and for Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth. Take Christianity, for example. It has been so simplified that children in kindergarten constantly are pressed to make decisions for Jesus. And then they're sent off saved. Okay, Mission accomplished. This happens all around all of us in, in differing degrees. I'm not in organized religion, but I still see it. I see it on my Facebook feed. I see it amongst my neighbors. I hear it amongst uh, Christian discussions that I'm around in real life. These children, they're warned to, as they get older, fear new beliefs. Be careful. Something might cause you to fall away. But what, but what else then? What, how do they, how do we, how does anyone along this, this journey of sanctification and spiritual maturation, how do we ever add to our lives the more that is the gospel? And that is the sanctification life of becoming like our Messiah. How do we do that then? If we have to add new understanding, new beliefs, new perspectives even, how do we do that then? What do we do with the entirety of our remaining lives? Okay. To stick with Christianity, because it's obviously a personal connection for me and likely most of you as well, waiting in the kiddie pool of doctrine is the norm. Okay. <laughs> Don't be so serious, I hear. Why take so much time studying that topic? Well, that's not even an essential. <laughs> it's all about Jesus, and if you take a year to look into that, you're going to forget about him. You won't need him anymore. Be careful. <laughs> Don't question your faith, or you might be led astray. Don't question your faith. What, what do they call it? Deconstructing. Don't, don't deconstruct your faith. <laughs> I said years ago, maybe we all need to deconstruct our faith and get back to what the Bible teaches us because much of our faith is simply the traditions of our fathers. We have all heard, if we grew up, if you grew up in the church and Christianity like I did, you heard this in one way or another. And if you were like me in a leadership position, you probably told somebody this too. We're all guilty. Dangers, are, dangers they're lurking around every corner. Be careful. Just abide in Jesus and be cautious. It's not about works, so don't do anything. You can't earn your salvation, even though we're supposed to, like, move way past salvation. What am I trying to earn? I thought my salvation is behind me, according to Christian doctrine. I'm already saved. Yeah, but don't do anything because it's filthy rags, you know? Filthy rags. God hates filthy rags, surely. <laughs> Who likes filthy rags? <laughs> Paul said it. Paul said it right there. <laughs> okay, so as I, I, I'm approaching 50 years of age this year, um, I've, I feel like I've heard it all. <laughs> um <laughs> Christian jargon and warnings and and just the belief system that Christianity promotes about getting saved, getting baptized, joining the church, and being a good moral person. 
I would propose that we've inherited a system of belief that is in place in order to keep us infantile. Even if one comes out of the church system, which we did 18 years ago now, 18 years ago, we, we said, you know what, we're done with organized church, like service church. We're done. This doesn't work. We've tried our whole lives. We've tried attending. We've tried serving. We've tried in a, in a, a pastoral staff position. We, we've gone here. We've gone there. The fruit on the tree is showing this doesn't work. As a, as a youth pastor for, for, for several years, I saw the fruit of that every year. Students coming and, and, and rededicating and falling, falling away, uh, backsliding, rededicating, backsliding. And why did I see that in the, in the children? Because I saw it with the parents. <laughs> it was this pattern, the cyclical pattern of Christianity of, of lacking the more. But yet it was a cycle nonetheless. And so we're talking about how do we break some of these cycles that we have inherited. But even if one comes out of the church system, but you were in it for 30 years, 20 years, 40 years, it's too late. It's too late in the sense of you've already been programmed. It's not too late to get out and to break free and to be set free from that doctrinal um, system of infantile living and regurgitating themes and topics that you already know and you started studying 25 years ago and some of these things you should have worked out by now. But it's already too late. You've already been indoctrinated and programmed. I don't believe it's too light of a word to say programmed in light of what we're talking about to describe what has taken place. We've already been set, we'll say it this way, we've been set on a certain prescribed trajectory in mainline Christianity. Okay, you, You're on a trajectory, and you don't look left or right because, again, here's a, one of our main points within this. It's scary over here. Don't, don't look over there. Don't look into those people who are talking about the Torah. They're in bondage. Remember? Paul said it. Bondage, bondage. And these words keep coming up. Bondage, bondage, legalism, legalism, legalism. Okay? Which goes back to what I started the program um, towards a few moments ago, about what I was reading and people's comments towards the uh, book of, Levit of Leviticus. Now, it's dangerous to look over there. You're going you're gonna to fall into legalistic law and bondage, and you're going to miss Jesus. They, you can't have them both, which we're going to tackle that again soon as well. Now, now what we have inherited, again, we're, we're trying, I'm, I'm drawing anyone who's interested to examine their lives to say, perhaps you need to break the cycle, friend. And if you're really serious about Jesus, you've inherited this belief. You share the gospel. You read your Bible a few times a week, passages you already know, of course, in order to reinforce what you already believe, because that's what's safe. You tell your children that they're sinners and that Jesus died a horrible death so that they can be good and free in him. You attend church services, perhaps, or, or you have organic home gatherings because you're free from religion. You may advance, if you're in the church system, to teach Sunday school. Perhaps you go to seminary and you get really educated towards the Christian system. And if you're really, really, really serious, you become a missionary or you start your own ministry and you get a website, and you travel, and you speak, and you write books. 
We all know the progression of Christian calling. That's why people like me and, and many people that I know now, nowadays in my life, we're a tough fit for most people. We study a lot. I know brothers that I follow online, friend, that could blow the average Christian thinker out of the water with their biblical doctrine and their, their biblical understanding because they are saturated with the Word. And they pray and they cry out for Father to clean them up of all of this religious inheritance and bring them the truth and they dedicate their lives to it. But most people don't know who they are. They don't have a big name. They don't have a big book sale table. They're just kind of normal guys who have dedicated their lives to knowing Yeshua and living like Him, walking in Father's ways. We look into biblical topics that are not within most people's range of consideration. I know several brothers like this right now, a handful, <laughs> who are constantly like, you know what? Here's an example. I do an online you know, Zoom gathering with several brothers every week. There's a brother who taught towards a certain matter about a year and a half, two years ago. Great understanding, great insight. That same brother a week ago said, you know what? I think I had a lot of that wrong. I think I had a lot of that wrong, or at least we need to tweak it and we need to change it. And like, please, scrut I'm about to tell you some things and give you some verses to read. And please pray about it. Look into it and tell me, tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm full of error. Tell me if there's any error in here. I want to know more men like that. We constantly challenge the norm, those of us who have been willing to break the cycle. Even our own personal beliefs, like I just used that as an example. We have some strange drive to confront errant Christian doctrine, beginning with the ones that we personally embrace right now, present moment. The ones who say, you know what? Test what I'm saying. If, if it disagrees with the word, then let's talk about it. That's fine. But don't just write it off because, again, here we are. It's dangerous over there. Don't entertain that stuff. It's scary. <laughs> it's scary over there talking about the, the Torah. Those guys are crazy. Oh, well, why? Man, they just are. Haven't you watched those YouTube videos? <laughs> now, if, if you fit the kiddie pool criteria, it's okay. If, 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 if. All caps, italicized, and bold. It's okay if you're willing to admit it. And venture into movement towards changing something in your belief system. Yahweh's desire for his people is immeasurably more than what we have inherited. There's so much more than simply just knowing him and talking about how awesome Jesus is until we're 90 years old. There's more of him to learn and to know and to experience. Yes, he is an experiential father. But we can't just know a compartment of him or a little piece, a component, because he's love. And so I just sit in a chair and I just love him all day. There's more to him. Endless facets to our father to learn in his word. 
and through prayer and fasting and 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 a measure an immeasurably uh, uh, amount of immeasurable amount of options to to know him. Yes, because <laughs> people get hard on me. All oh, you talk about studying the Bible. You ever pray? You ever talk to? Yes. Why? Why? <laughs> why are we so quick to like? Oh, I don't know. I don't understand. We will only know when we step outside of our comfort zone of belief and seek out his treasures. We will only know his other facets of who he is and his ways. I believe Yahweh and his ways are inseparable. I've been saying that as of late, that when Yahweh revealed his Torah on Mount Sinai, he revealed himself. He said, whoever wants to know me, this is me. This is me. This is how you know me. This is how you please me. This is how you bring yourself to me to be holy as I am holy. There are treasures that may seem heretical to us at the outset. Impossible. (laughs) Because of what I mentioned at the beginning of this. We've been programmed. We've been programmed, friend. People in the Christian faith, I find more and more, will say things, quote, verses that don't exist, quote, context, quote, verses out of context that don't mean anything about what they have been um, prescribed to mean in Christian doctrine, and have a skewed understanding of books like Hebrews or Paul's letters. And why? We see them through the lens that we inherited at, at the outset of our life. When, when we were developing the literal um, essence of who we are, we inherited a, a doctrine that said, this is it, no, nothing else. This is all you need. You need Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's like this programming um, uh, invitation of, of, to thought. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Well, okay, can we talk about Passover? Only if we see Jesus in the Passover. Well, can we talk about some things in Psalms, like Psalm 119, talking about the Torah? Only if we see Jesus in the Psalms. You see what I'm saying? It's got to be about Jesus. Because if it's not about Jesus, nothing will be about Jesus, and then you don't know the Father. Again, we've been programmed to think that way. All of us have. I have that same thing I still have to wrestle through in my life as well. Now, we're going to bring this to a conclusion here in a few moments. A good way to test yourself. I wrote out some questions for you to consider to kind of see, well, where do you land personally towards this? Because there are people who watch this program who don't agree with what I'm saying. I'm fully aware of that. I hear from them on occasion, and sometimes it's very kind and gentle and and, uh, good dialogue, and sometimes it's very, uh, it's a little bit painful. Whatever the case, I know that there are those of you who are watching that think what I'm saying is crazy talk as we're attempting to break the cycles that we have inherited. The ones that need broken. So I have some questions for you to see where you are uh, as a gauge towards what I'm presenting. What changes have you made in your beliefs since your conversion? What changes? Okay, so let's read this first person. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it like, repeat after me. <laughs> what changes have I made in my beliefs since my conversion? What things have I added And what have I left behind according to scriptural understanding? Doctrine. What do I regularly study that disagrees with my present belief system? Oh, here's a dangerous one. Oh, that's scary. Don't be led astray. (laughs) Here we are again. Don't leave the faith. Again, what do I regularly study that disagrees 
with my present belief system? How open am I to the presentation of differing opinions towards Bible texts? Differing opinions. <laughs> How willing am I to make changes to core beliefs that I've possessed since my childhood? Many people don't realize it, but people who are 90 are pretty much following to the letter what they did when they were 19 within Christianity. Maybe we could say when they were nine. Jesus, 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 Jesus. It's all about Jesus. A cycle. These would be just a few good questions to gauge our interest in advancing beyond the mere basics of the Christian faith. If you're a boundary pusher like me, stay focused. Don't be discouraged by the pushback of the norm. It's okay. It's, it's, if we believe the Bible and those who preceded us, it's part of the process. It doesn't mean we act however we want, say whatever we want, whatever tone we want. We have to be self-controlled, responsible, mature individuals who can rightly present something in humility doesn't give us license to act crazy and rude and hurt people just because, hey, man, the truth hurts. No, that's too easy. We don't need to do that. Truth is there for us to willing, willingly walk out. But it is narrow. It is a constricting path to find. Let's remember that few people find it, and even fewer will walk upon it once it's found. It will cost us everything, even after it's revealed. It will cost us greatly. It will cost the sojourning traveler everything. Friends, family, fellowship, depending on where you are with calendars and stuff like that. Perhaps employment opportunities. Nope, can't have it. Can't go there. And of course, our very own personal reputation is front and center. There's nothing that will test us more than being called a heretic while you're dedicating your entire life to learning and walking out Yahweh's wonderful ways the best way you know how. So, let all of us truly be willing to break this cycle of thinking that keeps us simple, shallow, and what I would propose is very immature. Because, again, we're just repeating the doctrines we heard in Sunday school. Faith, faith, not works, not works, no works, don't earn your salvation, Jesus, Jesus, the cross, the cross, Jesus. It's this, you know, pick 10 things and you don't look anywhere else. Friend, what about the Sabbath? Doesn't matter anymore. I'm in Jesus. What about food laws? What about unclean animals? Doesn't matter anymore. Jesus said I can eat that. It's all about Jesus now. What about uh, dressing modestly and, and, and having a, a, an understanding of a temple and the holiness of Yahweh, of a consecrated set-apartness? Doesn't matter anymore, brother. I'm free in Jesus. I'm freed. Jesus, Jesus. See, everything flows. Every presentation, if we're not careful, flows into an excusatory lifestyle to avoid talking about things of utmost importance if we really want to live according to the Bible. Again, we've got to wake up from, from this program mindset that keeps us from maturing and, and modifying our beliefs. That's such a, oh, modifying my, I believe in Jesus, man. He's the only way. He's the way, truth, and life. That's it. I won't talk about anything else. <laughs> there is more to talk about. It's okay. The gospel is not complicated. Okay? We've dumbed it down. We made it again so somebody in kindergarten can repeat a prayer. They can barely talk. 
Repeat after me, Timmy. Okay? Then we're going to get in the water and give you some candy. You ready to accept Jesus? Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to do that. Um, it's not complicated, though. What I'm presenting the gospel isn't complicated, but it is deep, and it is vast. And it does take time to explain, if we're going to explain it, further than what we have inherited it to be. So may all of us simply be humbly, humble enough to admit and to confess quickly that, that we can always become better at, at nurturing our spiritual growth and being open to change and open to being changed by someone else's critique of my life. We are all individually responsible. I want us to choose well, and I just want to put that in your court for consideration uh, when, you, when you watch this or when you listen to it over at pathdesign.com. Consider, won't you, is there anything in your life, there is in mine, of a cycle that needs broken to get us free from the bondage of this religious inheritance that most of us have had here in Christian America? Because there's so much more, friend. <laughs> there's so much more. So would you consider it? Ask yourself the question. The questions that I read, at least wonder. You can go to the page, and I'll have a link to the writing if you want to read it. Um, and actually chew on these questions. There are people I'm talking with right now that are like, you know what? I can't get away from this stuff. All of these things that I've been told my whole life don't matter. When I read the Bible alone, they surely seem to matter to God. So, friend, my version of saying that is his, his word, his ways matter greatly to Yahweh Elohim. He desires a people to know him according to who he says we are to be and, of course, who he is. And I want to live a life that's dedicated to pleasing him and becoming kadosh, holy, as my father is holy, because he's worthy of my everything. How about you? Let's break the cycle, shall we? You've been watching the Path to Zion podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way. Go over to pathdesign.com. Check us out um, over on YouTube and uh, send us an email, pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for watching. Amen.